Let's pray. Um, I'll, you know, after Jesus Christ, the biggest blessing in my life is my wife. So uh, we're a team. You know, we met in 1989, and since then we've been together. I fell in love with this gal back in 1989, and since then we've been together, and I'm enjoying the ride. Uh, praise the Lord and thank God for my wife. So <laughs> she's going to open us in prayer. And yeah, go ahead. Uh-huh. She, she speaks English, but she... You know, yeah. she's shy, so she's speaking Russian. I'll translate. Today, when the morning came, I was spending time with the Lord, and I was asking him, what do you have for me to say to these people? I want to hug you guys through my words. Потому что мы все облако свидетелей, мы все можем друг друга обнять и сказать uh, какие-то очень важные слова. Uh, да. И я сегодня услышала, как здорово um, Лидия разговаривала с Габриэль, с маленькой Габриэль. Лидия спросила, мы поедем в церковь, и кого мы там увидим? Hey, Gabriel, we're going to church. Who, who are we going to see there? Gabriel сказала, Папу. And, and Gabriel said, Daddy. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is great to be just a child and go to a place where you're going to see someone dear to you. Especially with your heavenly daddy. Я верю, что когда мы собираемся в молитвенном доме, в отделенном месте, есть особенное помазание, и или Духа Святого просто распространяется. Это так просто. Просто вместе собраться и обнять во славу Божию. Потому что Бог нас призывает праздновать. Да, то есть это праздник. И радость, она действительно настигает нас. И в Писании написано, что если человек упорствует в своем невежестве, Resistance to God. Он умрет. He's gonna die. А, и если глупец будет беспечно жить, он погибнет. He's gonna die. Но человек, который слышит But зов отца, он живет в безопасном месте. He is protected. He lives in a safe place. И в совершенном мире. And in a perfect peace. И не боится зла. Правда здорово? Awesome? Что такое совершенный мир? Когда мы его испытываем? Я провозглашаю власть Духа Святого здесь. И хочу помолиться, чтобы Дух Святой говорил к нам, что есть совершенный мир. Очень небесный. Я... Я просто радуюсь пред лицом Твоим. Это новый день, который Ты создал. И мы входим в это новое благословение с помазанием Духа Святого. Потому что это удивительное чудо, когда Дух открывает нам тайны Твои, глубину Твою, любовь Твою, в Писании сказано, что любовь это совокупность совершенства. И нет никакого недостатка. А еще сказано, что что не видел того глаз, не слышал того уха, 
и не приходило это на сердце человека, что ты приготовил для нас. И сейчас мы празднуем, почему? Потому что мы ждем, Господь, что ты для нас приготовил. Это влечет нас, Господь. And this anticipation draws us further in relationship with you in life. Who are we? That you would see us and want to bless us. But the Holy Spirit lives in us. So we trust you. And that is why we have this uh, perfect peace in our lives. And that is why we can see your glory. So I bless my brothers and sisters here. And I bless my husband so that the Holy Spirit would speak through him. I bless his soul чтобы он сам насытился и благословился через то, что будет благословить. Пускай все во славу Твою, Господь, будет. Мы любим Тебя. Мы молимся во имя Отца и Сына и Святого Духа. Аминь. She loves the Lord so much, and she's got this gift of prayer, you know, and she just can pray away, you know, and I, I love to join her, and, uh, you know, every evening we, good job, Svetka, and uh, every evening we pray, well, now kids are away from home, I mean, they grew up and they're on their own, but as, uh, uh, when they were still kids, we would pray before we go to bed, and I would ask, so who wants to pray? And the kids are like, hmm, and I say, if there's no volunteers, I will ask mom to pray. <laughs> and they're like, oh, no, that's like an hour prayer. Okay, I'll do this, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, but it's awesome. I love to join my wife as she prays. I receive, you know, revelation from God and direction and so much comfort and blessing. Praise the Lord. And, you know, who found a godly wife found a great treasure and a blessing from God. So young kids, I don't know if there are any young kids, they're in the youth ministry probably. But that's the best blessing that we can have after Jesus Christ is a great partner in life, a wife that loves the Lord. Today is uh, the Father's Day, and I want to thank God for my father. Out of my whole family, you know, my dad is the only one who accepted Christ, Christ as his Lord and Savior, and he, he was born again, and he just prays for us all the time, and it's such a blessing to say that during this uh, Father's Day that my dad is saved, praise the Lord. And unfortunately, to my other sisters and mom, they're not saved. And my, my, my father has not been a perfect dad, no. And he feels so bad sometimes. And I say, Dad, but I know you have tried. You have tried your best to be a good dad. But you failed just because you're just a human, you know. And there is never enough that we can do to the ones that we love. There's never enough that we're insufficient. And that's where there's great news that we have a heavenly father, you know, who is perfect and who is able to equip us and use us to bless our loved ones uh, much more than we, we are able in our human, you know, in our human efforts. We, in, li in this life, we really battle uh, serious opposition. And the serious opposition is not flesh and blood. It is the spiritual forces outside of us and the law of death inside of us. And, you know, I grew up during the Soviet time, and the Soviet uh, people in the Soviet time, that's when uh, people tried to, uh, to, to bring the kingdom of God on earth without Jesus Christ, using just human effort. And people miserably failed. And, you know, I'm, I'm really ashamed of what was going on in my life, in my BC time, you know, and be, because we were just ignorant. We didn't know. We didn't know the Bible. We didn't know Jesus Christ. We were always taught to be good people, but the law of death in us is much, it's much stronger. And again, there we have an enemy. We don't live in a vacuum spiritually. There's an enemy, and that's Satan, and you can't fight that. You know, the evil spirits of this world, that all that stuff is against dads and against us people, and without the help of God, we go down. Okay, and... Uh, if we go to the book Ephesians, let's open up the book of Ephesians chapter 2. The book of Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, 
and read first three verses. And you, God has made alive, you who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of the, this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. See what a terrible force goes against us as humans, and that is why there is so much suffering and death in this world, because uh, we're by nature children of wrath. We have this law of death in us. We have the passions that tear us apart. We have the prince of the power of the air, and that is Satan. You know, uh, We lived according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. You see, spirit works, and no matter how much you try, you, you can't uh, overcome that. And that is when, that is the gospel of Jesus Christ, is that you're never alone. You're never alone facing yourself. You see, the thing is, you know, the ugliest, the most vicious, you know, uh, creature in this world is, is you, is fallen you. You know, you don't have, no matter how, how distant monastery you run away and try to hide from this world, you cannot hide from yourself, you know. And without Jesus Christ, the best you can is to build a facade where you're hiding the shame and the, and the failure that's out there, and, uh, and that's legalism. When, when you just build a facade and you, you keep it going so that no one would know who you really are, you know. The other way of handling it, how the world handles it, is like say, well, I cannot be a good person, so I'm not just going to try. I myself know I'm not a good person. My wife tells me I'm not a good person. I see in my children I'm not a good person. So I'm not just going to pretend and be a hypocrite. I'm just going to live a lawless life. So a failure, you know, shows in legalism, you build a facade, or in lawlessness when you just go off the deep end and, and do crazy stuff, you know. What's the way of life? And the way of life is Jesus Christ, you know, where, where you give yourself to the one who died for you, to the one who took upon himself the penalty for everything bad you've done. You give yourself over into the hands of this God who died for you and rose again, showing that he can handle the stuff that is killing you. You see, you give yourself to Jesus, and this is period. This is it, okay? You come to Jesus Christ, and you say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I cannot handle it, okay? I, I don't want to be a hypocrite, but I don't want to, do, to go out there and do evil either. So what do I do? I come to you, Jesus Christ, not to make me better, but to transform me, to give me a new birth because the, the vicious animal inside must die and a new person must be born again. And that is how, you know, that is how uh, you overcome and that is how you get saved and that is, that is what we see when we see church. We see people who died and rose again inside, okay, in their spirits. And... Uh, the only foundation for salvation is the completed work of Jesus Christ for us. Fully God, fully man. He came on earth and took our place of punishment on the cross. Torture and shame, it all belongs to us. You know, he took our place and he took upon himself the just wrath of our Heavenly Father. You know, who knows our actions, who knows our inner thoughts. You know what? We're like really nice people here sitting, all dressed up nice and, you know, we're kind, etc. But God knows our, all our failures and shame. You know, God knows even now what kind of thoughts go through our minds and hearts, the thoughts that do not belong in, uh, in the kingdom of God. You see, when God, when God sees that, he's not offended, though it's, though it's offensive. He's not hurt, though he, it is hurting him. You know, but he extends to us love and grace. You see, and if we read further, we will see verse 4. 
uh, the change that comes. Okay, we're so doomed. In verse 4, it says, by God, but God. You see, God shows up personally to save each and every one of us. And it says here, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. You see, even when we were all wrapped up in our sins and trespasses, even then, God knew us, you know, and God loved us, and he was extending his grace and deserved favor toward us to save. And that is how you get saved, because God stands up for you. He grabs you with his hands and, and, and pulls you out of that. All you need to do is to respond to this reality of God in your life. Not to come up with excuses, but respond in obedience. Respond in faith. Move with God when he moves in your life. Okay? So, uh, God loves you even now. You don't have to work for it. This is grace. You just need to accept this love by faith, to respond to this love by faith, so that this love would not be some external thing for you, but your personal experience, okay? A lot of us are using ATM cards, and an ATM card has money in it somehow, you know, there's technology out there. But as long as you're just carrying this uh, ATM card in your, in your pocket, it profits you nothing, all right? When you go to a store and it's just a piece of plastic, you know, they're going to laugh at me, you know. When you just stick it in the machine and all of a sudden you're good to go. You know, but you have the faith that the, you stick it in there, and you're good to go, all right. You go to an ATM machine, you stick it in there, and you get some cash. Oh, cash, yeah, now I'm talking money, right. So God's love, God's grace, God's presence in your life. Now, for some of us, not, I don't want to say for all, because some, some of us have already cashed in on that have already experienced the goodness of God by, by stepping out, okay, and using what God extends to us, all right? So some of us are here sitting, and the goodness of God and the greatness of God and the miracles of God are all an external witness. So for you now, to make it your personal experience takes responding in faith, okay? In your mind saying, yes, Lord. In your... Uh, with your words saying, yes, Lord, and then saying amen and yes in action. When God tells you what to do, you just do it. You know, it's not always we know the purpose. You know, it's not always we know the purpose of what we do. But we must always know the reason why we do stuff. How is it going to change my life? You know, I don't know the purpose. I don't see the purpose in that. Do you have a reason for that? Is God speaking to you? The word of God is speaking to you? The Holy Spirit witnessing to you, a reason is enough. When you step out, you'll see the purpose. Okay? You'll see why the Lord prompted you to do that. And the first thing is, is to confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Otherwise, that beast inside of you will eat you up one way or another. And you'll know it. Okay? So let's not wait. Don't give him room to eat you up. Okay? In your heart right now, even right now, confess and say, I want your blessings and I want your power, and I want your miracles, and I want your design for me. I want it mine, and I want it my experience, okay? Dear Lord, we now pray to you. You know, we sit here, and we listen to a lot of words, and, and all kinds of thoughts are going through our minds, but now we come to you. Even now, we're speaking to the invisible God, though so real to us, and we ask, please, forgive our sins. Please, tame that dragon inside of us, or rather, kill it, Father. We pray that we would be born again. We pray that you would not fix our lives, but we would, you would give us a new, a brand new life, Father. We are sinners. We do believe, Jesus, that you died for us in our place of punishment. You took upon yourself the wrath of God that belongs to us. You took upon yourself, yourself, Jesus, all the powers of Satan and all the powers of fallen world. And you, you overcame. And you rose from the dead. You conquered death. You conquered hell. You conquered Satan. And now you, you, you're extending to us as a free gift this victory. So we don't know how it works, but we do believe and we do accept. And we confess you as our Lord and Savior. Amen. And now the Lord wants to work in us. You see, 
And as we read on in verses 4 through 10, we will see how God is working in us this uh, salvation. You know, sometimes people say, what is salvation? And one way to say it, salvation is what? Salvation is who? Okay, salvation is who? Salvation is Jesus Christ. Salvation is God personally grabbing you and taking you to heaven. You know, and when people say, can I lose my salvation? It's missing the point. You know, it's just missing the point, losing salvation. Because salvation is not a box of matches. You know, <laughs> salvation is, oh, oops, I lost it. I'm doomed now. I've said something, I've done something, I'm lost. Salvation is a person. And salvation is relationship of love with that person and the one who initiates and the one who keeps going this relationship, salvation, is Jesus Christ, not us. Yeah? Because we just don't know how bad we are. We just don't know our salvation. We're so clueless. You know, just respond. That's the key thing. Okay, salvation is who in salvation. He works this relationship for us. He's, he's, he began a good work in us, and he's continuing. He's able to finish. Just respond, and he will lead you in that. And that's what the next, like, six verses are all about. But God, let's read. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, the reason for salvation, love, with which he loved us, even when we're dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. You don't have to work for it. It's a gift. Just accept it. Just respond in faith uh, towards the one who loves you, who is your salvation. And God raised us up together with Christ. And God made us sit together with Christ in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You know, we already made it. I mean, God is outside of time, and for, you, for him... You've already made it. You're perfect. You're there. You're, you're in heaven. And you know what? As long as you're in Christ, you're in heaven. You, just, you don't have to work for your salvation. You, have to, you don't have to work for a blessing. You just need to stay in the place of blessing. And the place of blessing is Jesus Christ. And the place of blessing is relationship of love with him, honest relationship with him. Okay? And... Um, uh, he set us, he put us together with Christ in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, verse 7. And the purpose of salvation, see, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. God wants to save you, not because God wants to prove someone something, okay? You know, God wants to save you not because he needs your money or he needs attend church attendance or he needs any food or sacrifices or anything. God says, all things belong to me. If I go hungry, which I never do, you know, if I go hungry, all the animals of the land are mine, and all the gold is mine, all the money is mine. God wants you to be saved, not to take anything from you except your death and the dirty beast that lives there and kill him. You know, God is calling you into, into salvation to give you something, to show something in your life, Some, the riches, it says here. He wants to show the riches of his grace, the riches of his kindness toward you. That is why he wants you to be saved. And again, to enter the purpose of salvation, you just need to respond in faith. And how does it go? Like, you, um, the Holy Spirit speaks to you and says, you're a sinner. So you confess you're a sinner and you say, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. Then God gives you a thought in your mind. This is right and this is good. And you just obey and you just, in your heart, say, I have no other way but this and I'm going to step out and do it. Satan will tell you, you're destroying your life. Satan will tell you, don't become a radical. Just be a friend of God. You know, take it easy. Don't stick out, you know. You know, that's what Satan was telling me when... Uh, I heard in my head the voice of the Holy Spirit that you need to enter this reality of the relationship of love with God. You know, Satan was speaking to me, and he was saying, don't, just be a friend of God. Just don't get involved. Don't give him the full freedom to do with you whatever he wants to do. I mean, you never know. This God might do some crazy stuff with your life. And he has done crazy stuff <laughs> in my life, which, is, which Sveta and I, we enjoy. Okay? Now, you say... 
uh, you, God impresses something on your mind and heart. God impresses something. And you say, but if I do this, this is not going to change anything. Okay? That's true. It's not going to change anything. But you're obeying someone who changes everything. Okay? The, the value of obedience, not because you become a good master of your life. The value of obedience is because you give room to the one who is powerful and loving and the one who knows. You give him room. And as you fall in love with God more, if you see the witness of his salvation more, you, you make more steps of faith, more radical steps of faith. And you just see more and more how God, how God um, shows in your life all the you know, powerful riches of his salvation. Now, there is a, a reason for salvation, and that's love. And there is a purpose of salvation. God wants to his riches. And there is, there is a way of life of salvation, I would say, a way of salvation. You know, we're saved uh, for some, some kind of life. And well, what does it say here? It, dis, it is described here in verse 10 that we're his workmanship, okay? Once we accepted Christ, once we uh, entered that relationship with him, it says, for we are his workmanship. And this word workmanship in Greek is poema, which is any, uh, any artifact as exhibit of genius, exhibit of creative power, you know, anything, a chair, you know, a table, a poem, you know, a, a dance, a song, any, any, anything that's uh, a result of uh, creative genius, okay? So it says here that, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. So when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, something happens to you, supernatural, mystical. Christianity is supernatural, it's mystical. It's about this awesome big God who does much more than we can ask or imagine. He's beyond our logic, okay? God never contradicts logic, but, but often overpasses it. Over, he's bigger than our logic, okay? So... He, we're his workmanship, uh, so God wants us to be um, the result of his creative genius. And that is how we live with God. Okay, the Bible says he's the potter, we're the clay. He molds us. Okay, so he molds us so that we could uh, accept more and more of his blessings. Okay, he tries us. He puts us through difficult circumstances, not so that we would prove to him that we love him. You know, he knows we fail all the time. You know, he doesn't need no proof. He knows it all. But he, he puts us through difficult circumstances for two reasons. So that he would, we, would, he would, we would expand our hearts and minds through difficulties and could receive more. That he, we would become more mature and stronger to receive more of him and to be used better by him to his glory and our blessings. Okay? And uh, through... Many ways, God, you know, we're the clay, he's the potter. And uh, again, uh, a piece of art can be, say, a song, okay? So what's a saved life? God, and in a song, you have a leader like the praise band. You know, there's a leader who sings the song, and there's all kinds of harmonies around it. You know, ladies sing one thing, the guys sing another thing, there's the beat going on, and there's the keyboards and stuff, and it's a beautiful harmony. And that's the same way. God has a song for you. Your life is a song of God. God wants to sing your life as a, as a beautiful song full of power and beauty. And then he puts around you, he puts a wife, she's, she's got her own harmony. He puts the kids in different harmony. You know, he, he, he puts co-workers, he puts people in the ministry right next to you according to the tune, according to the chorus that he uh, he created for you in his mind. And it's beautiful when, you, when you're in harmony with God and with, when you're in harmony with people that God puts around you in life, with your wife, with your children, with the people around you. But that happens when you start to trust God practically, when you start to step out in, uh, in the unknown and responding in faith. Okay, then what's uh, a dance? There's another art. A dance. How, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when you obey Him, when you, when you give Him freedom to lead you in life, it's like letting, 
letting him to lead you in a dance. Okay, he's got the tune, he's got the rhythm, he's got the the idea of steps, this beautiful design of steps going back and forth and forth and to the side and around and spins you around and throws you up and catches you and you're like, woo, you know. <laughs> and that is a life that God designed for us, but it takes faith, you know. And we've really, like Sveta and I, we've really danced up and sung up with God a lot, you know. And I don't know if we have someone to show the pictures. Yeah, so um, you, if you could show the church, you know, Calvary Chapel, Nizhny Novgorod, you know, some pictures of our church. I'm not going to, like, go into big comments because we will not be able to transfer to you anyway the love and the miracle that stands behind each, each person who is saved and who is walking with the Lord. But, uh, but check this out. I mean, this church, I mean, me, post-Soviet kid, so corrupt in post-Soviet Russia, I mean, I was only four years in the Lord when I became a senior pastor of that church. What is the chance of success or even the chance of survival? Zero, but God. You see, but God, I failed miserably so many times, but God would always catch me up and, and, and turn me around and, and bring me, you know, and give me another chance, and I would learn and mature. And our church was built up by God. And then God, I'm not saying me, I'm just a witness, but, and God started three other churches out of our church, you know. So, but that's, that's God's plan, and that's the result, not of my efforts, but walking in harmony, singing the song with God and dancing with God. Um, then, um, yeah, this is God's people in Russia. And you guys are very important for the world, not only for your community. As you walk with the Lord, if you as you love God, you know, uh, God is using your prayers. God is using your faith because we're one body. We're all connected. If one member hurts, the whole body hurts, you know. And you, being a healthy body of the Christ, of body of Christ, of the kingdom of God here on earth, God is using you to bless. Like these African people, uh, that's a church that God started within our church. Okay, international students. They came up to me and they said, Pastor Vlad, you speak English. We, we need a home church here in Russia. We're from Africa, Nigeria, you know, you name it. And I'm like, I already have a church, you know. I cannot be a pastor of two churches, but if there is a need, I'm going to step out. So you just respond, respond in faith, and God is faithful. And the key of success in life is one simple thing. Are you being led? You're venturing out in new things, okay? You're venturing out in business. You're venturing out in ministry. You're venturing out in relationship, getting married, these are youth church leaders. Uh, the lady is the worship leader and the guys are pastors. You know, the key is, are you being led? Are you being led in dating this girl and marrying her? Are you being led by, by God? Are you being led as you venture out in business? Are you being led as you venture out in ministry? And if you are being led, I mean, you, you're going to be a success because God, God is faithful. He's, not, he's never ashamed. You will never be ashamed as you trust God. Yeah, one of the youth uh, pastors, he's a, a MMI, yeah, MMA uh, fighter. So he trains our kids, church kids. He, he gives them martial arts uh, lessons. And the guy is very, very good too. Yeah. Um, yeah, you don't challenge, challenge our children's ministry. The water is very cold there, actually, you know, when we baptize people. And we baptize some African guys. And this guy right there, I say, oh, wait, when we put you in the water, it's like you, your old self dies. And when we get you out of the water, it's like you rise from the dead. He's like, the water is so cold. I feel like I'm dead already. You know, hurry up, quick, man. Just dunk me and pull me out, man. I want out of the water, you know. So God is really, really good. There is a price, though. There is a price, though, to follow God. And, and the price is this. You have to trust him. You have to trust him. The Bible says, uh, deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow me. If you try to save your life, you will destroy it. But if you follow Christ by carrying your cross, you know, you will find it. What's cross? That's, that's where you is dead and God's plan is born. You see, what's cross? 
something that God designed for you. And Jesus Christ, he, he was looking forward to dying for us on the cross. Oh, how I wait, he says. My, 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 my soul yearns to be on the cross and die for you, the Bible says. But that's something he dreaded too. So that's something he yearned for and something he dreaded. Okay? And now, as you're in the church, now as you're in relationship with God, you know, God's plan for you, that's something that your soul yearns for, but something that your flesh dreads. You know? It's one of that thing. And that very thing that is going to save you, that same thing your heart yearns for, but your flesh dreads. And you're like, ah, that's the word. You know, you have to drag me there, you know. Your whole flesh, like, goes against it. It's normal. Just go. You know, courage does not mean that you have no fear. If you have, if you have no fear, it means that you're either ignorant or, or brain damaged, okay? <laughs> so you're afraid. That's okay. That's good. Courage means you're afraid, and you go forward, man. You just go, go and do it. Like, you know, who am I to stand here and, and talk to you guys? I'm a nobody, you know. And if God doesn't show himself amongst us and does his work, it's just going to be one boring lecture with a guy with some strange accent, okay? <laughs> you know, who am I to be in Russia and build up that church? I can't do it. You know, we're going to Georgia, and that's a country that, saw, that Russia invaded 10 years ago and took 20% of that territory. So I'm a citizen of an invading country. I'm supposed to be an enemy. But God is leading us there, and I know God is going to use us there just because we're being led, and we know it, that we know it, that we know it. All right? And, you know, what gives us confidence that whenever we would have trusted God before, you know, he showed himself faithful. And actually in the Bible, God extends to us a challenge, and he says, step out depending on me, and you shall never be uh, ashamed. Okay, Romans chapter 10 speaks of, of that. And uh, you don't have to open there, but, you know, it's great to see guys come with their pens and pencils and write things down. This is awesome because God does speak to people much more than my lecture, okay? And when God reveals to you things, it's good to write them down and then go back to them and meditate upon the verses and the ideas that God gives you. So Romans chapter 10, verse 8, God says, but what does it say? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Saved from the dirty animal, the dirty beast that's in you, and saved from the wrath of God, you know, the two inescapable things. You will be saved. For with the heart one believes to righteousness. You know it's true. And with the mouth... Uh, confession is made to salvation. That's a step of faith, to say, let it be unto me, God, let it be unto me, regardless of the price to pay and the consequences to come. God enjoys when you talk to him like this, when you come to him and say, let it be unto me, Lord, what you want from me, regardless of the price to pay and regardless of the consequences to come. God loves that. And he brings humongous blessings in the lives of the people who dare to say things like that and act upon what they say. For, with, for the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord overall is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay? You, whoever believes on him, shall not be put to shame. You know, and... Uh, uh, in 2014, that's the last time that we saw you guys, 2014, uh, that's when a war broke out in, between Russia and Ukraine. Russia invaded, well, Russia has this habit of invading <laughs> nearby countries, you know, <laughs> Georgia, where we're going now, and uh, Ukraine. So 2014, that's when Russia invaded Ukraine and uh, took you know, Crimea Peninsula and southeast uh, portion of uh, Ukraine. And, the, and the, the military action was so fast that the people in those areas got cut off from all the food, for all, for all the, for all the, from all the supplies, and people were just afraid to bring anything. The government couldn't do nothing. So the people in Ukraine during the uh, front lines, they were just starving to death. And as the cold came, you know, it was fall, the fall, and then winter came, when it became cold, 
they, they started to freeze to death, okay? And if you could start showing the pictures from the Ukraine folder, that would be great, you know? Uh, and got put on our heart while we, we were still in the States, got put on my heart and Sveta's heart. He said, I want you to go to Ukraine. And we're like, what? We're citizens of the invading country. <laughs> They're in war. And if we go there, we're going to get arrested. And when we told our church in Russia that we're going to Ukraine to help to do to help the people there, they're like, "What? You know, you're going to help our enemies, you know? But you see, what the kingdom of God is here on earth, and the kingdom of God uh, supersedes uh, political uh, national borders. Okay? So we were able. This says landmines. Don't go there. That's what it says, landmines. All right. So evangelical churches, you see there is a war between Russia and Ukraine, but evangelical churches, they stayed together in unity, loving God more than anything else, okay, setting God above anything else, and they united their money and efforts, and we would buy bread with the money that donated you guys, with the money that donated Russian church. We would fill Ukrainian minivans to take this food to these children, in the war zone, uh, if you could play that video, that would be great, you know. And we would just fill it with bread and bring it to those places, and the kids would come together, and they would just like... But as you travel there, you see a military action going on, and you're like, what am I getting myself into, you know? And, like, uh, my, my church said, if you get killed, we're going to adopt your children, you know. <laughs> That's what they said. You're like, hey, there's these armored vehicles coming from the place where we're going. It's like, maybe we should stay away, you know. You can, like, skip to the next one, next video. Yeah. But what it does to you, there was, there was a need. There was a need, okay? And God said, I want you to, to go there. And I want, I want to use you to save those people, okay? And all it, take is, it takes is to respond and take a step to, to say, okay, Lord, I'm going, you know? Um, but that's when life is worth living, you see? That's when life is worth living. And next year, when the war was still going on, God put on our heart to let our son to go there and minister with the evangelical churches in the same areas where we ministered. And if, when our church at first were saying, if you get killed, we'll adopt your children, and then when our kids went there, you know, my church said, you know, but that's, that's when these kids get fed, you see. You see, my church said, you're crazy. Well, we did estimate the, the, uh, the danger, we did. We spoke with the local evangelical churches about, you know, about this whole thing, you know. But you let you have to let your children take chances with God. You see? Do you hear me, you guys? If you want your children to grow in the Lord, you have to let them take chances and expose to real dangers as they step out being led by God. Otherwise, other, otherwise they will grow weak. They will grow with formal faith. You see? We're not looking for trouble. No way. But when God calls, we respond. And you've got to let your children step out as they're being called by God. This is local missionaries. And he's, this guy has so many stories how he, like, near-death experiences, you know, as he was evacuating people and, and bringing bread to them. And God, through you guys, through people like you, God put money together to buy a new van for this guy so that he could feed those crowd, crowds of people. And you see, God opens a window of opportunity and you walk through this. Please hear this. God's blessings have an expiration date. Okay? God's blessings have an expiration date. There's a window of opportunity. You have to go through this. There, is, there are times and seasons. Okay? While your children are still, li uh, are still little, you still have the chance to invest in them. This is a blessing with an expiration date. When kids grow up, there's, there's no way going back. It's too late. So... I understand you got your jobs. I understand you got some desires. I understand you think, I deserve a better home. I deserve a better car. I deserve, you know, kick back and relax. There's a lot of things that you deserve. Jesus deserved to be in heaven. 
but he took upon himself to come here and die for us, and that is how we're saved. So die to yourself, pick up your cross, and start serving your children and meet them where they are while there is time. Because children is an expiration date with a... Uh, it's a blessing with an expiration date. It, it, it's, there, there can be a situation where it's too late to love your children. So go for it now. And that's just one of the examples where you have to step out when the opportunity is there. You know, we stepped out and people got saved, you know, from uh, death. But it's, it's always a challenge. And the world always challenges you and says, Jesus is too radical. He wants your life. And he does want your life. He doesn't want your money. He doesn't want your stuff. He doesn't want your talents. He wants you. He wants your heart because he's in love with you. He wants your life. But as Jesus Christ takes your life, he gives it back to you in a renewed sense. I mean, you cannot lose your identity if you give yourself over to someone who created you in the first place. You see? Sin, that's when you lose your identity. And they cry freedom, freedom. But what's freedom? Freedom means this, that you are the one uh, you are the way you've been created, that's freedom, and you do the stuff that you've been called to do, that's freedom. You know, for, you know, for, a, for a fish to be buried in the ground is no freedom because it's designed for the water. But for, a, you know, whatever that animal is that hides in the, in the ground, you know, worm, yeah, there we go, worm. For a worm, being, uh, being buried is just the best thing in the world, you know. You know, but you throw him in the water, he's dead. You know, for a for a for a for a bird to fly in the air, this is the best thing. You know, it, it doesn't feel good. You know, being drowned in the water. So I want to be free. You cry, but what do you mean? Be free. That means follow your fallen nature, or be free. Follow God's design for you. You know, and to be free, really free, you need a savior. You need someone who will bring you back to the place. Uh, how God designed you, what he designed you for. And the world says, you're a failure, you know, because the world is doing this. It's uh, measuring how good, how good is the fish by its ability to climb trees. That's what the world is doing to you. It says, you're not measuring up. You're a failure. You say, you know, you have to be like that person and that person. But God designed you in a different way, and you're being a fish, and the world says, hang on the trees, you know. You don't do that. So forget the world. I mean, look at Jesus and see, you know, what, how God designed you to be and have the freedom to walk in that. And you will never be ashamed. My own family, I mean, the price of following Jesus is this. You lose your friends who don't want to walk with Jesus. You lose your family, you know, who doesn't want to know Christ. It's like my dad is saved, but my two sisters and my mom, they've been resisting God so much. And even up to this day, you know, and my mom's like, uh, just like this past year, she goes and says, hey, you've been serving God for 20 years and you don't have anything. You don't have a place to stay. You don't have a car. You don't have like extra clothes. And it's like, I don't have it because I don't need it. We travel light, man. It serves the purpose I've been designed for. I don't want any more extra stuff. Right, Svetka? We're just cruising light, you know, through this life. Because, yeah, hallelujah, yeah. And the greatest treasure is my relationship with my wife, you know. And if the stuff that you have damages the relationship with your wife, you just don't have time to, you don't have time to spend with your wife because you're working for that new car and that new house and for the, for the you know, for all the money you need to upkeep, keep it going, man. You know, the best treasure is your wife. The best treasure is your children. You know, my children are walking with the Lord. They're born again, and God is doing some mighty stuff in them. You know, that's my treasure. But then... You know, God gives you enough for a season. You know, the world destroys you by gi not giving you enough. And the world destroys you by giving you too much. You become a slave of stuff. But the blessing of walking with the Lord is he gives you enough for the season. All right? And when, and you don't challenge our God because God comes across strong. All right? And my mom and my sisters are like, you're, you know, you're doing this church and you're serving God. And how come you're still living in my apartment, apartment that belongs to me, I'm going to do this. I'm going to kick you out of this apartment, and then we'll see how you survive. <laughs> All right? And that's what they did. My sister called me up, and she said, you have two days to move out, otherwise I'm going to sue you. You know? And that's a challenge, not to me, but to my God, to the lifestyle that we have in Jesus Christ. And in the spirit, I knew that God already prepared for us 
a land, God prepared for us a house, you know. And you could, sh you could start showing the, the videos of the house that we have in Georgia, okay. Uh, I knew in the spirit, but we already have it. So I tell my mom and my sister, you know, I already have the money for the land and for the house. Let's become one team. Let's be together. We've been separated for too long. You know, I want you to experience the blessings that God prepared for me. But they say, oh, it's all talk. I mean, you like talking. It's all blah, 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 Christian talk. Show us the money. And they said, show us the money. Can your God come up with even $15,000? And comes up with a $60,000, all right? But because of the lack of faith, because of my family's resistance to the Lord, that $60,000, this land and this house became an outward witness rather than their personal experience. Okay? Don't settle for less, you guys. Give, like, believe God, trust Him, step out in faith so that you would be in the pews here, not only saying hallelujahs to other people's, you know, blessings, but Praising God for your personal blessings that came into your life. How did how did sixty thousand came thousand dollars came into my life? You know, Svet and I we felt led to Georgia. I mean, uh, to move like starting from scratch, and we don't have any money. I mean, we're going to Georgia. We don't have any money. And moreover, our son was. I mean, he just graduated from uh, Joshua Springs Christian High School. You know, to send him, we ran into debt of fifteen hundred dollars. So we're like, we're going to Georgia. We don't have any money. We have fifteen hundred dollars debt. And then this uh, pastor, of, a friend of mine from Fortuna, California, he writes to me on Facebook and says, this guy is looking for you. You know him. You worked for him as a translator uh, back in the 90s when he was a short-term missionary. So he's looking for you. I'm like, I go, give me his uh, social networks profile, like Facebook or something. And, uh, uh, and uh, he says, well, this guy doesn't belong, to, doesn't believe in social networks because he doesn't want to be uh, controlled by the big brother. You know, all he believes in is simple cell phones. You know, text messages is the, the, the furthest technology that he ever gets, you know. So I text this guy, hey, what's up, man? You know, you're looking for me. And he calls me back, and he says, you know what? God put you on my heart, and I have a question for you. Do you have a debt, or do you have a project that uh, you want to be involved? And I want to help you with some money. I'm like, wow, man, how do you know? And he says, you're a pastor. You're supposed to know. I talk to God. <laughs> God tells me stuff. So God told me, you know, give you some money. So I say, yeah, I have a debt, you know, clearly. God revealed that to you, $1,500, and then we need to go to Georgia. How much do you need to go to Georgia? And I'm being the missionary that I am. I don't want to say big numbers, not to offend people. I'm like, what's the list that we can, you know, really pull it through? You know, $1,000. He goes, so little. I'm like, man, I should have asked for more, <laughs> you know. And he goes, all right, just keep checking your, you know, online banking. You'll see, I'll send you some money. So he ends up sending me $5,000, I mean, which covers the debt, covers the trip, you know, some Christmas gifts too, you know. And then as we travel and keep in touch, he's just like, hey, God really, you know, gives me so love for you. God gives me so much desire to, oh, that's our African fellowship, you know, uh, sing, worshiping the Lord. says, God really puts me you know, we're really one team. I want to be with you as a team there ministering in Georgia. He says, but where are you going to stay? You know, I say, I don't know. I guess we're going to rent or something. You know, God will provide, I guess. So he says, start looking for some properties. I'm like, oh, why do you ask? I didn't ask that. I'm like, in my mind, okay. You know, but we're talking a lot of money. You know, no, nothing less than $50,000. So we find these three houses. So I, I, I call my, my boys, my, uh, my sons, and say, guys, start praying for the house. Because three houses. And my older son says, there has to be a river and a pine forest there. I say, okay, that's kind of, you know, a lot. And then uh, my younger son, whose name is Elijah, you know, faithful to his name, being the prophet that he is, he says, it's got to be the second house, the second house. So it turned out to be the second house, and there is a river on the property and a pine forest next to it. It's just like, what? You know? But then as we were looking at this house, that other family was looking at it too. Okay? And they were ready to show up the, you know, the money for this house within two days. And for us to bring the money from the States, American Bank, to Georgian Bank, it's an, it's an international, it's an international uh, money transfer, bank transfer. And it takes, I mean, it takes days. 
I called up the bank. They told me it's seven days at least. I mean, maybe 10 days, you know. So it's like all I have is $2,000 to make a down payment. So we just go ahead and make the down payment. And it's like, how are we going to beat that family? You know, we, at lunch, we uh, send the money from American bank to, to Russian bank. I talk with the bank workers, and they say, tell me seven days. Next day in the morning, the money arrives. Yeah, right there, the text message that we got. You know, we're drinking our coffees, and we get a text message that the Bank of Georgia, you know, this chunk of man of $55,000 dropped on us by the Lord. An international money transfer does not go overnight. You know, maybe in this body of Christ, there are people who try to do international transfers, usually at several days, at least three days. That's the least, I mean. Overnight, that's a, that's a miracle right there, you know. And... Uh, what is the reward for uh, faithfulness to God? What is the reward? And that's, that's where we bought the house and, you know, where those two rivers get together. Yeah. What is the reward for you guys as you trust God, as you're faithful in ministering with him? More opportunities to minister. You see, your reward for being faithful to God is a bigger challenge to be faithful, and it never gets boring. And that's when the and that's when life's worth living. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's Tbilisi Hard Rock Cafe. It's a, it's a beautiful house. Uh, it's a beautiful town. And you know, um, my joy is to extend to you an invitation. First of all, into relationship with Christ and to be saved. And second of all, into this great adventure with God. And God is inviting you to come. And and my blessing is that. Uh, through, through what the Lord is doing in our lives, you can become richer. And it's much more than money. And God blesses you in ways that we humans can bless each other. So, right on. Let's step out and, and go with the Lord. And that Georgia nation and Belize, and Belize city is open for short-term missions from, you, from, your, from your fellowship guys. So, ju- jump on the wagon. Let's go into this adventure. With God, and as, as Chris said, reward is, you, is yours. Uh, God used Vlad to get it. You see, and it's my blessing. Before we split, let's pray. You know, yeah. Before we split, let's pray. And as we pray, you know, I don't want it to be just a formal prayer. Okay, we're wrapped up. I'm hungry. Where's my burger? You know, my car is not washed. You know, my kid in kindergarten pooped himself. You know, I got to do this stuff. Let, let's, let's, let's hold on a sec, all right? Let's pray a real prayer, you know. Let's direct our minds toward God now, not towards the burger and the children and other, other important things in life, you know. Because God wants you guys tonight, today, experience a miracle. Our God is a supernatural God. And the blessing he extends to us us are supernatural and there is not much now we can do with our hands but as the bible says if you believe with your heart and you confess in your mouth okay that's when it starts when the miracle starts working when the power gets released in you and you and you're propelled to a new place of blessing by the holy spirit you see so lord we come to you right now and we thank you our heavenly father that you love us so much and thank you that you meet us in life where we are. You don't, you don't demand anything from us. You just offer things to us. You offer yourself and your son to us. And you say, just, just respond. Just receive by faith. Just give me some room, and I'm going to work. So today, we want to give you room to work. We don't ask you today to fix my situation in life. But I respond to this call of yours, give me room to work. And now, whatever the consequences are, and whatever the price is, we're giving to you, Father. We're giving you to, to you, Father, room to work in my life. We're accepting into my life. I accept in my life. I accept in my heart and my soul and my mind. I accept this piece of leaven, which I know will transform all my life. And that piece of leaven is faith in you. Do what you want. You know, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Father, I don't want a regular life. I want supernatural life. And that is why I come to you and, and ask,
Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Jesus, baptize me with the Holy Spirit. I open myself up to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, signs and wonders, the gifts of healing and the gifts of tongues, the gifts of knowledge and prophecy. Use me. Make me even a better tool, more than just a good man, a supernatural godly man. That's what I want to be, a woman. So, And I give myself wholly into the power of your Holy Spirit, into your hands, trusting that you will not hurt me. Because you're a good father, you throw your kid up, and you always catch. And you, and you lead us in that dance, Father, and want to sing this song without corrupting it, but being completely obedient to the tune and the rhythm and the purpose of this song in my life. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen.